Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. You used to associate crickets with silence. But since you bought a house in the suburbs, you know crickets hate silence. If any other creature realized rubbing its legs together made a piercing high-pitched noise, they might think, maybe I won't do that. Constantly. All night long. Luckily, you can save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto. Now that's something to make noise about. Just not constantly. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. So, Dad Bod Rap Pod back with a special episode for y'all this week. Um, it's really an honor and a privilege to have these two guests on for this special mini episode. Uh, for those of you who have been following the Dad Bod Rap Pod for a little while, you know that I am the rapper of the group. Um, I go by Dim One. Don't really promote my stuff too much on on the program, but that that is who I am at my core. And the two people I have joining me via Zoom right now are pretty much my dads in this shit. Um, and so really pleased to bring on the Derelicts, San Jose rap crew founded in the early 90s, instrumental in my development as an artist and really in the development of um, the, the rap scene here regionally. Um, you, If you are the collector type, you've probably heard about their uh, release, A Turn on the Wheel, or A Change for the Bus Ride Home. There's been some reissues of that since the 90s. Um, going for obscene prices in some places, um, but we're going to talk a little bit about the history of the derelicts and a new project that I'm a part of uh, that's coming out real soon. Uh, it's kind of tethered to everything that's going on in the world. So without further ado, I want to welcome to the program is in hand boogie yo what's up moan shit uh try, um, try and no, live glad to be here uh, blessed to be here um and, and real proud of what you what you guys have built over there so you know good job i know i know uh for myself you, you got a couple fans on your hand so uh i appreciate the intro probably probably a little bit more than, than hey it's father's know. day this weekend bro I got, right, a, I got i got cards for y'all it's, it's hey, all right yeah you know <laughs> these are all my sons <laughs> nah we need them royalty checks for father's day all right yeah how about that yeah yeah how about that that that'll make a yeah. nice gift wouldn't it wow. not not my royalty checks but uh mr hit <laughs> mr hit boogie how are you sir i'm good man um it's a pleasure to be here and um man it's been a while but um it really has yeah um i'm glad i'm glad the the opportunity came up as well um and, and thank you for the opportunity to, to even talk yeah man i uh, appreciate y'all coming on so just for for folks who don't know um can uh Han, can you give us like a you know kind of a beginner's history to the rap group known as the derelicts um from my standpoint um you know is might tell you differently but um i think he'll corroborate on this story um i was working at a record store at the time called star records that was 
uh, mm -hmm. pretty much at the hub of information before the internet came out. Yep. Um, and uh, I was working behind the counter. Um, I met an individual named Brian Walker at the time. Um, I was working in another, with another rap group and asked him if he knew of any MCs. Um, and what, what year is this though? Ground people, what year is this? And date yourself uh, as well. This is, this is 1993. Okay. Um, I was five. <laughs> yes, it was five. Um, I saw some talent in some guy. I don't even, um, but yeah, so he introduced me to Iz and some other uh, person he was rapping with. Um, at the time, I thought they were a group, um, but me being who I was, I guess um, I, my reputation precedes me. And I was basically saying, yeah, I like this guy, which was Iz. Um, I don't know about this other guy. No. Um, so um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's how it started for me. Um, and, um, you know, we, we connected because he rapped this one song at the time called Sedity Kitty. And I heard something that I hadn't heard before, which was um, somebody who was, you know, actually in front of me who said something that not only resonated, but made sense. It followed a, a storyline. And I was like, wow, I, I didn't think that, you know, that was something that was capable uh, or a possibility in San Jose. Mm. Um, so, you know, again, from there, we, we kind of started recording demos and um, built our fame the old fashioned way, um, hand to hand mm -hmm. and being present and um, trying to be uh, fresher than anybody else around us. Yeah, man. I, uh, Shout out to Star Records and, and B Walker as well. Uh, so you guys, you guys link up in '93, and then you're you're on the Bomb Hip Hop Comp like the next weekend, or how did that work? I could have swore y'all got together much earlier than that. Uh, when when it, how did the how did the Bomb Hip Hop compilation again trying to give people some touch points? How did how did you guys land on that? Like you had been recording demos, performing locally. Yeah, so once we completed our demo, it was circulating. And at the time, Bomb Ma Magazine actually had a magazine. Right. Um, and they would review demos. So um, David Paul hit up um, uh, our manager at the time, Rob Jackson, to include us as part Shout of Shout out Rock B. Rock B. Um, uh, he wanted to include us on this project. And at the time, we were just like, okay, we're. <laughs> you right. know, we're going to be on, on a release that's going to be on record. And that was, um, for me, at least, my first uh, vinyl uh, recording. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that's 94, no? Something uh, like that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, so it, it happened pretty quickly for us. But, you know, at the time, it wasn't the goal. The goal was to be signed, not just to be on a compilation. Right, right. Which I remember as a, as a youth thinking was a, a wild idea for San Jose people to have uh, record deals. Um, but that, that was the pursuit. So the, the demo was circulating around. I know uh, through Friends of Friends, I had heard about it. There was a buzz. Um, and then y'all performed and did a lot of stuff in, that, in the Bay Area hip hop scene, which also kind of birthed uh, hieroglyphics that was the time when they were putting together their run uh mystic journeyman which is kind of the proto living legend stuff uh mr bird you were kind of renowned as as kind of a wild performing ass motherfucker uh 
Yeah, we tell yeah. give us give us some show stories from from back in the day. Oh man, probably so many of them uh, embarrassing when you really look back and think about <laughs> what, we were, what we were doing. But you know, our the 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 shows, you know, that was kind of the the path. So it saw, seemed like everybody trying to trying to break in. Um, you know, had to do a show. Um, you know, this is before a record even. So, um, or I am a record. At, so, you know, a lot of what we were performing, most people hadn't heard. And the idea was, you know, people haven't heard us and they won't really be able to repeat these lyrics back. And so, um, or sing along. So, you know, what are we going to do to make this, you know, a halfway enjoyable experience for them? Um, you know, because locally we may be known, but, you know, we can go to, you know, maybe some part of Oakland and some part of, you know, San Jose, some part of San Francisco, and maybe, you know, you have five, six people who, who really are familiar with the music. So, right. um, you know, we spent a pretty, a pretty decent amount of time trying to figure out our, how we're going to get people involved. And so a lot of what our preparation for shows was going to watch other people perform first and kind of see what's going on and going, all right, this is what's working. This is what, you know, we can't do. This is what we would like to do. And, um, you know, it, it, there's, this was a time when, you know, underground music was very, uh, there was a lot of information. It was very boom bap. And, you know, you could either, you know, have people in the crowd kind of nodding their head you know, eyes closed and really focused in on what's being said. Um, you can sort of entertain them while, you know, on the stage, but, you know, and that was kind of the direction we, we wanted to go in as well, um, you know, have the best of both worlds, but it was, it was, it was not easy when, of course, most of the crowd wasn't familiar with your music. So um, we would do, you know, clever things like, like maybe say something that they would be familiar to or give reference to something that would be in there, you know, something that we know that they're familiar with. Um, there, there was a time when I think we did a show where we, um, uh, tried to sort of emulate the, was it, was it, uh, what's the name of the group? This is such a long time ago. Um, uh, uh, not, not the five, not fantastic five furious five. It was, uh, yeah, the, the. Fantastic Five and Fantastic Five. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, well to the treacherous treacherous Right, right. So that's if that's not dating. Um, so so <laughs> right. So we would we would take a, a something like a set from them because just they did it so live, um, you know, and it was in the moment, right. and you know, of course, put our own uh, spin and and where we were that day um and or that time to it and you know you could get the people oh, i have the familiarity i'm hearing something new i'm seeing this you know because most people haven't seen you know either of those groups perform live so for the first time and this is what it must feel like um we we did things fun you know fun things with uh, call and response um you know a lot of times and i forget there was something we did like uh, word it was called word association word, word association word association yeah. bro yeah, yeah, yeah. it's foundational in my show my show right, development right, right. where you you know where people can kind of you know sort of making fun of the way rap was a little bit but you can kind of anticipate what people are going to say because it was right. so predictable right, right. Um, you know we kind of had a um, a, a way about ourselves that where we wanted to be a part of what was going on, you know, the, all the successes that we were seeing other, other crews and other groups have. Uh, but we also didn't want to be every other group and every other right. crew that existed. So, you know, 
show, lots of fun shows. Did big shows um, with, um, you know, Brand Nubian, um, did shows with uh, with uh, Outcasts, did shows, of course, with, you know, all the local stars. I think we did a show with 40, um, you know, and this is an underground group that really wasn't the same um, group of folks who listened to what we were doing, but apparently they were, you know, well, 40 lyricists, that he doesn't necessarily count, but I mean, um, you know, so he was obviously not underground, but at some point he was. Um, did shows with shoot, I can't even think of half the names, but a lot of big shows, a lot, a lot of a lot of big performances all around the Bay Area in Southern California, and you know before we started to take off, and so um, that was the the primary goal. Is all right, you're seen enough, then you can you can eventually catch the attention of you know a a promoter who maybe you know would connect with. A, a label and again going back it wasn't very common for artists to be independent um and, yeah. and you know yeah. the, the ability to press up your own music and and you know be able to all right where do we get vinyl from you know and, and all that sort of thing was all new to us and right. so it was this this path this journey that we went on you know um and then coming from san jose where we didn't have a ton of folks before us who who could sort of who sort of laid out the path for us to follow um, right, you know, right. beyond Twist, beyond some folks, um, you know, we were fan, obviously as a fan of, of Twist and because, you know, he went to my high school before I got there um, and, and uh, he was signed to uh, the Skywalker label. And then we were uh, also, um, you know, following some of the local groups. I think Quiz One was was big out there and he was kind of a neighborhood hero, you know, back then. And a few other folks I'm, I'm not thinking of right now, but, you know, shout out right. to San Jose for that really raised us, you know, in, in, huh? Chris and Ray. Chris and Ray, right, right, right. I mean, it goes back. Uh, uh, what's the other kid who, had, who worked at the station, um, the radio station, too? Um, at, and uh, I forget, it was 94.9 or uh, what the station was at the time. But Archer um, was another person who was, um, you know, shaking and moving. Um, but, you know, getting back on track, you know, so Hen, uh, you know, of course, it, I've, I know who he is. He is, has no idea who I am. Yeah, um, so that it, we we have to stop here and say that when Hen Boogie was working at Star Records, tell him uh, he he was somewhat of a celebrity in the way. If you've ever went to a Jamaican restaurant and tried to order something, and they just look at you like, "What are you doing here?" Like yeah, that guy, yes, <laughs> that yes, guy. yeah, that guy. See, he didn't. So there was times. Where, so we, you know, after you know, yeah, I'm still on the call, y'all. after after years of knowing uh, you know uh, well you know probably months and you know i said you know i met you before okay all right you know you you worked the star obviously we established that and he was the guy when you walked into star Mm -hmm. and you 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 knew what you wanted but you didn't really know the name or something and you and um or you go up to this guy you don't know and for people who hadn't seen it they must have had a platform or something because he looked like he was yeah, seven. Yeah, feet yeah, tall. yeah. It was like yeah. six a six foot platform, and Hen is already like six eight to begin with. So it felt, <laughs> felt like you're you're going you're going to go see Oz, right? So <laughs> you, go to, you go to the Wizard, the Wizard wow. of Oz, and you ask him like, "Can you, can, I, you know, dear Wizard? I need a uh, you know uh, some soul." Or well, so I you know ask him, "Can you you know play this record?" and there was, I don't even remember what the response is, but I remember trying to get out of there as fast as possible, yeah, right? Yeah, because he, he gave you, you eye shade. I remember I literally asked for where the a Far Side remix was, and he just, like, looked with his eyes, like, over there. Beat it, yeah. kid. Yeah, right. <laughs> Beat it, kid. 
bumped you on the, on the, on the shoulder and beat you on your, right yeah that's uh but but that you was know, a high stress job y'all yeah i believe it. It, it's you know when you think about it in terms of work i i guess i get it now but you know then it was you know we were not far out of high school um and so you know that I didn't have that sense of you know, at all of responsibility of what it's like to actually have to be someplace. And it seemed like that was the ultimate job. And I mean, who wouldn't have wanted to work at, uh, at Star? A record store. Yeah. 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 Oh man. So, so the link up happens, you guys meet up at Star Records, you start recording demos. Uh, you're definitely a part of the, um, the underground rap scene of the, the early mid nineties here in the Bay area. Um, and you put out this record, I believe in 1995, um, entitled The Turn on the Wheel. Um, can you talk a little bit about that record and kind of how it came into being and, and how it's kind of added to the, the legend of the derelicts? Well, uh, from my standpoint, we, we were recording demo after demo and thinking that um, we were going to get close. And there was times when, you know, label, a label had uh, flown us out to New York to perform, to um, be on a showcase, to uh, be signed to their label. We, we kind of poo-pooed that one away um, based on- That was knowing. Arrested Development's label, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, we were performing and, and thinking that we're going to do a, a crowd show and it, was you know basically a bunch of, of corporate stiffs and speech from Arrested Development just sitting there watching us, right? Mm. Um, so we did a three, series of three demos. We thought that we were uh, close. You know, we did things that had no no one had heard of before from San Jose. We were on the Wake Up Show. We were right. you know performing with the Fugees and you know all these other people. Anybody who came into town were freestyling with Master Ace and um, what what have you. Um, and it got old, um, you know, we were, we were, we were doing it and we felt like we we're spinning our wheels. Um, at that point, um, when we had met or when we had gone to, um, uh, that labels showcase, we met, um, a, a kid from New York named Brandon, um, mm -hmm. who actually found us surprisingly enough from bomb magazine, um, and called mm -hmm. my mom's number to give us a call to say, uh, hey, uh, some, some, you know, little New York kid, um, can I talk to the derelicts? You know, <laughs> um, and, you know, it was just, we passed it along to our manager at the time. He eventually um, kind of came, became our de facto manager from the, from the East Coast's perspective. Um, and he came up with the ideas to say, hey, look, um, why don't we just do it ourselves? Let's record right. this, you guys. And, you know, to, to think now, it's kind of a hard paradigm for most people to realize that um, you couldn't just record at your house. In um, 1995, no, no, yeah. No, no. yeah. The, the equalizer was your budget. Um, yeah. And to have someone from another coast say, go ahead and record whatever you guys feel like recording and make it your own. Um, it was the closest thing to being signed without having the restriction of a 360 deal. Right. Um, so we, you know, at the time it was unheard of other than the um, two short camp doing something independent. 
um, and doing an independent vinyl. Um, yes, they were doing those on the East Coast, of course, and to a degree on the West Coast, but nothing in the Bay Area, so to speak. Um, so, you know, from a, a chronological order, um, you know, we saw the tape of a group named Idle Mode who blew our minds. God. Oh, my um, God. That, that was, for us, a blueprint to say that, yes, we can do this. Then we released our vinyl, Mystic Journeyman followed theirs, and then it kind of spawned from there the renaissance of what we like to call that Bay Area underground scene. Yeah. Um, so um, I, you know, again, I, I would give credit myself to Idle Mode for showing us that blueprint to say that, hey, you know, screw this. We don't need a label. We're already dope, and this is what it sounds like. Um, and then, you know, I think that was how that the vinyl was birthed. And, you know, the, the title, I believe says a lot, um, you know, I obviously will give is no credit because, you know, I'm not a rapper. Um, uh, he came up with a title to say um, a turn on the wheel is more, worth more than a record. Record deal. Yeah. And, yep. um, you know, while it's a, a mouthy sentence, it says a lot, yeah. um, especially for that time period and the way we were, were feeling at that point. Yeah. So it's kind of like a, a precursor to the, um, the independent wave that comes right after that. So you have hieroglyphics uh, after they kind of get dropped from their major labels, they start independent stuff as well as uh, Mystic Journeyman goes on to kind of uh, form living legends and they, they do a bunch of stuff. So just kind of orienting people, this is all coming from this particular place. And so in this whole story, I am a younger man, uh, very young, maybe even in high school. Um, kind of following around the derelicts myself, uh, my homie Sutan, uh, who's known to a lot of folks as Traximillion, um, and the younger, younger homie, uh, Jesse Jones. And so we were like, we formed a rap group called the derelicts and we were kind of like the pop Warner version of, uh, I'm sorry, we called lackadaisical. And we were the pop Warner version of the derelicts. So we were kind of getting coached up um, hanging out, schlepping around. We one time went with y'all to a show at the Crash Palace in San Francisco. This was, 90, it had to be 94, where uh, Saphir and Casual battled. It was y'all open for AC Alone. Um, and to me, to, to this day, that is still my most hip hop day of anything. <laughs> I think we went in, in Henry's uh, VW Bug uh, that was, was the most. Jetta, man, it was a Jetta. Jetta was I, 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 bug sounds way better though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> respect on my car. No, I, 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 I remember. I, I remember that. No, we we and that's that's everybody piling in, and that was the, kind of the norm. Um, so kind of a little bit. Uh, so so uh, how how uh, Dim and I met? What well, was through uh, my connection with uh, with Jesse? Yeah. Uh, um, and so. Uh, he was like, at the time I was uh, assistant coaching on a um, on Coyote Creek Pop Warner football team, yep. and I was trying to get my younger brother, who you, you know went to school with uh, Q, to to play football because he was always a basketball guy. And so I had them, uh, you know, they're both out there, and Jesse was already playing, and I was having my brother join the team, and and um, you know one thing led to another, and you know figured out where he lived, and okay, I'll take you home, you know, I'll show you, you know, get, make sure you get home, et cetera, and, and met the family, and um, you know, found out that he had this interest in music, and you know, that's what we're doing, you know, him and I on the other side, so, um, 
you know, I don't know how the conversation went with him and I, but I remember us talking about you guys as a group is cause mm-hmm. he said, Oh, you know, Jess said, I got, you know, I got a crew, you know? Yeah. Okay, cool. And he kind of described you guys and, um, you know, and ultimately found out we were pretty much in came from the same neighborhood anyhow. Um, right. just, you know, all within this, you know, I don't know, two or three block radius of each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so well, no wonder we didn't come across each other before, but, um, you know, so kind of, Going, getting back to the, the the night that night that that faithful night, um, I remember remember you know we pulled up to Jesse's house and had to ask his mom permission to take him with you know he was that yeah because he was, he was like fifteen yeah. yeah he was that yeah. young and yeah. uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna take care of him and who's going and who's gonna be yeah. anyhow and so up to the crash palace we went um, and I don't remember much of of what we did as the show I remember uh, Abrude being there. Yeah. Um, but I remember kind of, you know, playing back the, the kind of how it was for him, from him. Cause, uh, Safir, you know, uh, one of the, one of the homies, um, you know, he kind of came into the, to the crash palace mm-hmm. and I, I didn't have, you know, MCs is a little bit, there was always this sense of everybody's try out to get you sort of. Sure. <laughs> sure. So, uh, anyhow, so I, I remember t- him, you, you had, I think, had a conversation with him yeah yeah uh, so Sophia runs up on me and this now now you have to keep in mind prior to this there was a lot of street politics that were going on about yeah, that right. um particular battle between those two the hobo junction and hieroglyphics um somebody i heard got thrown to through a i don't know whatever i don't want to spread rumors <laughs> um, 27 um, years later yeah, 27 yeah. years right i don't want to bring yeah. up old wounds um but yeah Sophia ran up on me and then he's like what's up dude i was like <laughs> hey what's up dude you all right like i'm about to get this dude i'm about to get this dude um all right yeah we see what you're gonna do um and you know mm-hmm. um for some reason sophia and i always kind of were like cool because i don't know maybe i just deep, deep voices y'all yeah. y'all shared baritone it might be might right. be um maybe he wanted me to do a stunt rebel rap and i just wasn't <laughs> willing and caught it um, but yeah, no, it was, it was definitely a faithful night. And, and to your point, um, Damone, I mean, you know, we, we, um, you know, we were in a lot of places and we're very fortunate to see a lot of things. And, um, you know, uh, one of the things that I, I've always kind of, uh, told is, is that, uh, you know, you guys were always much more advanced than we were at that age. Um, right. and to, to be able to pour into the three of you. Um, you know, from, you know, I guess, obviously the, the rap level, but, um, also life lessons. I mean, you know, oh, for I'm sure. sure in the back of your head, you still hear, do it again. Um, every time you know, it's, yeah, it, <laughs> those are, those every are time. we all, um, kind of harken back to, but, um, just the opportunity to not only, you know, share those things with, um, you know, is as a group, but, you know, you guys as, you know, younger brothers in this, um, yeah. It was, it was really uh, a, a, a good opportunity for all of us, right? Mentorship, man. So we were, we were studying at the feet of the, of the local legends. Uh, Jesse, uh, Traximillion, and I had this group, Lackadaisical. We were really kind of working to, um, to emulate everything that the derelicts were doing. Uh, and so we, we recorded uh, and dropped our first tape in 1995, uh, I remember because we opened for Mystic Journeyman at a San Jose club called the Cactus Club. 
And it was the first time we had pressed up a, a hundred of our tapes. And those shit sold out that night. And I remember thinking like, this is, um, this is it. This is it. I'm just, I'm a rap now. That's what I'm gonna do. Like, uh, <laughs> fucked around, dropped out of college. I did, I was on one. Uh, you sold more taste than we did. <laughs> I still got that case too. Uh, it was $5 a tape. We sold a hundred tapes. Um, Sutan and I were, were through the roof. At that particular time though, that was our first big show. Um, and Jesse was in juvenile hall. Like he had got, he got caught up in some weird uh, burglary theft situation. And he was in juvenile hall. We did the show without him. Um, and we were really, you know, it was just really an exciting time um, for both for San Jose, because it was the first time that our kind of hip hop scene was really emerging. Um, and also for us personally, obviously, because we're, you know, a packed club at the Cactus is about 150 people, but it, it seemed like 150,000. Uh, the entire world was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, and so, so we do that. Derelict's record is out. We're, we're trying to, to figure out how to, how to break through. Music industry changes, like, really rapidly. I kind of feel like you guys did turn on the wheel, and then it's like the chronic era kind of kicked off the next weekend or something like that. Um, no, so, no heads up, no warning. <laughs> no, no. It was like we were burning incense and BDs, and then it was like weed caps, like, overnight. Um, and so... We're 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 pursuing our 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 underground rap dreams. Um, Tracks a million kind of goes on to do his own production thing. He really gets into the production end of things. Is kind of one of the architects of the of the hyphy movement. Um, I started doing hip hop education programming. Uh, Hen starts his his own label and is doing. Hen always has been um, the the soul to soul guy of our group. Uh, always had a, a broad musical palette, so he's been doing uh, house music and such. Um, is goes on to form Ace High with with Tracks a Million and, and Smitty Grands, and they were also a part of the emergent hyphy movement in the early 2000, uh, 2006, 2007 era. A little bit before that, really, more like 2004. Um, and so. You know, we, we started in music, we kind of stayed with it, even though none of it took the traditional path. Um, and we're on here today because we're still doing it somehow. Um, there's, there's a new song, uh, Derelicts featuring myself called uh, A Better Place. Something that, Isido, you approached me with this beat a while back. So yeah, uh, you know, uh, for, for, for those who don't know, um, who we haven't shared with, Dim and I have been trying to collaborate on something for years and um, you know we go back and forth on 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 beats and concepts and you know maybe there's a couple of things that we had done but couldn't quite get something pull something together that we were um, you know proud of ourselves and and most certainly that uh, the almighty uh, bug would have would have said that's your bet yeah that's that's acceptable so um, it it was a long time coming um, and uh, we had you know, we had started out, or you know, I don't know, a few years back. Uh, that same person who um, had mentioned earlier, B, at, you know, on the East Coast, had uh, at, had said, you know, we have this body of work that you've you've recorded music that people just haven't heard, and uh, you know, we know that you can you can get a turn on the wheel selling for something ridiculous like I don't know, 150 bucks or something. Um, 
you know, why don't we put together this record uh, that, you know, kind of shows some of the, you know, obviously the stuff that people are familiar with, demos one, two, three, as well as a turn, and then the stuff you recorded post the turn. Um, and then, you know, and if you want to get in the studio and record some more, which we had music, right? There's tons yeah. of. Um, and I don't know, something, you know, a conversation happened and we decided, you know what, let's, let's do a, let's do a FAMF project. Um, and, and of course, fam, fam, the fam being, uh, lackadaisical, um, derelicts and aeropause. And so, um, I don't know what came first, the, the chicken or the hen boogie beat, but, um, probably the beat. Yeah. Um, and, and then we, 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 so hen hit us off with, with, um, you know, a reel and, and, uh, I remember us all ending up in, uh, uh, at sticky, um, sticky, sticky lab. Sticky note. Uh, Jerry D. Yep. JD. And, 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 um, you know, we're listening to, to a few beats and it's you, uh, them, myself, um, tracks, you know, hand, uh, that's right. L pop through verse. Um, I think the only, the only living member missing was, uh, was, uh, Wati, or uh, Watani. Watani. Shout out. Watani. Um, and, uh, so, that there was this one song and I forget what, what he had originally called it at their beat. Um, but it just, it stood out. Fam F1. Fam F1. Pure producer shit. Pure producer shit. Yes. Yes. And, and I remember listening to it, trying to figure out how he played this because although it sounded very smooth, it had, um, it had this, this kind of a, kind of a glitchy breakup but it was, it was smooth and it just, and I, so I, I think I played it over in my mind over and over. And then, you know, eventually I didn't need to hear it anymore. It was just kind of on, stuck on repeat. And, you know, I had a, a sketch uh, idea concept for it. And, and I asked Boney, I said, you know, what do you think? And we kind of, kind of went back and forth on it, just kind of vibing over the beat and all right, what are we going to do? And the, you know, the outcome was better place. Um, and I don't, I don't recall if it was, you know, done in one, you know, in that, in that one single moment and we just needed to lay it down or how, how that worked. But, um, you know, we kind of got away from it a little bit. Uh, there was, I think there was three or four songs that we might've even tried to make an attempt at recording, you know, and there mm -hmm. two people would jump on this beat and mm -hmm. three on this and, you know, tracks here, not me, Dan went on this one, not tracks, whatever. And, um, but that song seemed to keep on coming back up. Yeah. Um, and, uh, oh, I mean, you, you were there, so <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, that was a, that was a fun ass, uh, seemed like we did that on a weekend or something. Um, it, it, yeah, it's so, we, we messed around with a bunch of tracks. It was really like a family reunion vibe because we hadn't seen Cats in a while and we just kind of vibing out, having fun. But this particular track, A Better Place, uh, had a particular emotional resonance I think at the time we were kind of coming on uh, up to the the pretty much the tenth anniversary of when uh, Jesse Jones was murdered by police. Um, uh, Tone Three had passed away a couple of years before, about a year before. Um, so we were kind of in this place of like, it's great to see everybody, but then knowing that um, the whole crew that we were uh, wasn't wasn't necessarily present. So it's like, there's a hip hop mortality, but then there's like your mortality, mortality. And we kind of had gotten to the age where we had lost some friends along the way. 
And um, I, that particular beat kind of drew out that feeling. Um, and so we we did it. I remember it, it, it sounding great. And then like all rap things, I just kind of forgot about it. Um, so is is what was the or maybe is or hen what was the the impetus to kind of like bring that song back up um and what 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 made y'all decide that like now was the time for for that joint um and you probably have a better better uh kind of timeline of how that worked i mean so i don't know if anybody realizes this or not but they're you know, since 93, when we met, Iz and I, um, I don't think the conversation has ever ended. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, one of the, the great things about uh, what we were able to accomplish as a friendship and a brotherhood that, um, you know, we're not the five heartbeats of, of hip hop. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we've had several conversations over the years. Uh, we've recorded several things over the years that, you know, no one's heard before um and we had a conversation fairly recently about you know you know everything that was going on at the time just was overwhelming be it the shelter in place be it right. the, um the issues with the police brutality and, and all those types of things um and uh, all of a sudden I, from what i recall um you know we were kind of mentally going through songs and is is said uh you know, what about better place? And I didn't think about it at the time, but then all of a sudden it just seemed like the, the whole song played in my head and I had forgotten it like you had, I had hip hop right. amnesia. Right. Um, and when it written into my head, I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, suffice it to say, I've always kind of felt like people weren't really receptive to the music I was doing per se um, until way later. Sure. Um, and I started to hear certain things musically now that people, I think, are probably kind of tired of the whole trap thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things I remember mentioning to Iz was that, you know, you can't go out into the club, so here's yeah. our moment. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's true. We make, we make headphone hip-hop. Yeah. Um, that's what we do. So, I mean, yeah. um, right, right, right. Um, sonically, um, from from... The, the, the voices that are being heard, you know, it's not, you know, hamana, hamana, ha. And the authenticity that's there because it was, it came from a place of, hey, we need to kind of commemorate and um, have these people live on. Yeah. Um, that was kind of the impetus of this all. Um, and like you said, they weren't here, but how do we make them here? Mm. Um, we, 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 we understand that there's a physical and spiritual, right? Um, and, you know, it would be a crime for us not to um, celebrate what these brothers are, were able to do, not only in their lives, but, you know, they have families, they yeah. um, all contributed to our growth, you know, mm -hmm. we learned from you guys, um, yeah. suffice it to say. And, um, you know, like they say, some things are caught, not taught. Um, and right now was the time that I think that, um, people would catch it and, mm -hmm. um, you know, again, coming from a place of authenticity that just made us understand that, um, we had kind of had an obligation to let things be heard and not just be, uh, music quarters like we've been for the past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great point. Um, and I, I too kind of like feel once I heard it again, I was like, Oh, this has to come. Like people have to hear this song. Um, but that was kind of supercharged by the recent um, uprisings in the wake of um, the murder of George Floyd. Whenever there's an instance of police brutality and someone loses their life, I personally reflect back on what happened to Jesse. Jesse was shot in the back by a police officer in Banning, California. Um, and I always remember going, or feeling like, fuck, man, I wish I wish I would have been madder about that. I wish I would have, I wish I would have done something more, raised more hell, something. In that particular day and age, though, especially it wasn't on video, people weren't taking it as seriously, this idea of police brutality. And so um part of me feels like with a better place, um, it's a moment to kind of uplift um our brothers. And it's also, uh, I think it's relevant that this is a song that had been around for a little while, just to tell you that the issue that we're talking about right now has always been an issue. Like it's not, there's nothing new about it. And so we could bring out a song that's, you know, a couple years old, but still is super relevant um, to what's going on right now. And so uh, we kind of put our heads together. The music came along. Uh, I know there's a video collaboration. Um, shout out to Ronnie on on that one um, and kind of came up with this idea of like let's put it out let's uh, let's use it as a vehicle to to raise money and awareness um, for for police accountability so to that end a better place is out now um, you can find it on on the streams uh, and we are donating all the proceeds of that to Color of Change. They lead uh, campaigns for racial justice. Um, and we really just want folks to engage with it. Uh, if you, even if you've never heard the derelicts before, I think it has a, it has a, a, a like you said, an authenticity um, that I'm, I'm excited for people to tap into. And even also just to like, get hit maybe if you weren't up on the derelicts or shit even even my shit um this is a this is a great entry point and and i think for all of us um uh, you know we we understand the anger and the frustration we've lived at since you know obviously we saw the videos of the civil rights movement and some of us um lived through rodney king moment right right um but we took our foot off the wheel um yeah and, you know, while we don't necessarily think that this song um, is meant to be a, a protest song, for instance. Sure. Um, I think it has a very uh, a great opportunity to help heal. Um, mm. And I think for all of us, that's kind of what kind of came of this. It's like, you know, to be able to say the names of Jesse and, and Tone and, and mean that and um, you know, to, you know, for, for is to, to talk about, you know, Hey, um, you know, all we have to do is die to make that impact. You know, that's, mm. that's really mm. something, right. Um, especially given the fact that, you know, we've been seeing, um, so, you know, again, um, I, I think that it, it reaches a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons. Um, 
you know, shout out to Lena Nelson on the hook. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we, we, we were able to capture something, um, you know, truly not only authentic, but, uh, you know, dare I say genuine. Yeah. I, uh, I really feel like um, you, you mentioned that the conversation with you and, and, and is is never over. And that's what I always say. I had somebody ask me, like, really? Like a derelicts release right now? And I'm like, nothing ever, nothing ever ended. It's never over. I'm always expecting a text from Iz at some point or a, a, batch, a batch of beat, beats from him at some point. Like, I never, that's never far out of mind um, that that could happen. The fam never broke up. We just took a break. That's all. Yeah, that's, that's all. That's all. But, but we're back. New material. Song is called A Better Place, which I know we're all kind of collectively pushing towards. Um, so we definitely want everyone to check that out. Uh, you will hear uh, part of the song after this segment. Um, and we encourage you to, to get on your Spotify's and your Apple Music's and, um, you know, engage with it. Again, all the funds, proceeds from the sale of this will go to Color of Change. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I really appreciate y'all coming on uh, to the Dad Bod Rap Pod on Father's Day weekend. Uh, you know, my dad's in the rap game, but also, you know, if I'll say it, if y'all won't, uh, really did a lot for hip hop in, in this region. I mean, I'll, 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 I don't think I'm using hyperbole when I say that. Uh, and so, yeah, man, just appreciate the hell out of y'all for, uh, for being who you are and, and coming on the podcast. Much appreciated, Dim. Yeah, no, we're, we're, um, you know, it, it's, it is a little bit, it's it's rough that this is what we're forced to deal with, but we're all in this together. So, you know, we we have to we have to be responsible for for each other, and uh, we can't always sit back and let other mm. people do the work. So, uh, appreciate what you're doing uh, with with you and the crew there uh, on the Dad Bob Rap Pod, and um, and of course your your our collaboration. So, you know, let's. Uh, Let's just continue to move forward in the, in, in the right direction. Yeah. There it is. Dad bod rap pod. Uh, you just heard a conversation with the derelicts new single, a better place out now, wherever you stream things at. also keep an eye out for the, for the video.
what type of shit is that? It's like they got me in the zone. R.I.P. Tone 3, Jesse Jones. R.I.P. Tone 3, Jesse Jones. R.I.P. Tone 3 and Jesse. I get weary, man, I ain't gon' lie. Eyes getting teary as I'm questioning why. Holly, if you hear me, put your hands in the sky. I know one day that we gon' fly. Fly away. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. You just bought a home in the suburbs, but no one told you about all the birds, specifically this one, who seems to be calling out Roy. Roy. But who exactly is Roy? And why doesn't he ever respond? Maybe Roy is just bird speak for save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto. I guess until Roy answers, we'll never know. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 